0: failure. Why is it that the fear of failure literally makes our hearts skip a beat and oftentimes stops us in our tracks from doing things that we really want to do and care about doing? Every single week, my clients send check-in forms to give me an update of how things are going, where they're at, ask questions, just to check in. And those emails every week reek of thoughts and phrases that show the client is focusing on failure, failure, on their thoughts of failure, their fears of failure, and every misstep that they took for the entire week. Sometimes I wonder if I could read this email back out loud to her, would she even hear the negative thoughts and the fear dripping from her words? So why is this happening? Why do we fear failure so much and feel like we're always failing? I'm going to break this down today, and we're also going to talk about ways to stop feeling like we're going to fail all the time, to stop fearing it, and get over these insecurities so we can rise above and get what we want and conquer our fear of failure. My name's Andrea Allen, and I am a mother of four girls under seven, a wifey to a mountain man, a personal trainer, and a nutrition coach. I love all things women's health and fitness, but let's face it, the fitness industry is complicated, and it's not built for the everyday mom. There's so much conflicting information, and you're busy, and you don't have time to figure it out. I hate feeling confused and overwhelmed, so I have made it my mission to simplify health and fitness while creating a welcoming, realistic, and empowering home for like-minded women. I'm happy you're here, and I hope you stay a while. Today's podcast is sponsored by HydroJug. That is such a perfect fit for me because when I stumbled across their jugs, I was like, this hydro jug is amazing. It holds a half a gallon of water, which is really good. Most time you're refilling water bottles and it can be such a pain. And I suggest that my clients drink 100 ounces of water. So a hydro jug was a perfect fit. I also love they come in multiple colors. They have these really cute covers that you can also buy to put over them. And why I like those is because they have a strap. So I loved wearing it when I was hiking, when I'm running errands, when I'm chasing my kid down in a grocery store because they're having a tantrum. Oh, actually, what am I saying? That actually never happens to me. (laughs) Anyway, it was just nice because they were hands free so I could get stuff done. I also love that it has like a wider mouthpiece so I could get ice and fruit in there because I love smashing up like cucumbers or even putting lemon in my water. But it also came with a straw so it was easy to drink, but I could like get stuff into the jug. If you want to try the Hydro Jug, I really do love them. I love mine. It has like a really cute leopard covering. You can use the code Make It Simple, which is the podcast name Make It Simple, and it's 10% off. All right. Let's move on to the fear of failure, and I'm going to start by telling you a hiking story since we were just talking about hiking. This summer, I was at Lake Powell with my family, and I went with my sister and her husband, and we took the jet skis, and we went up, and we found this little narrow canyon that my brother-in-law had heard about, and it had this really pretty hike up this canyon. And it starts kind of wide, and it gets pretty skinny, but it's pretty cool because you're going through these beautiful views, and the rocks are all red, and you can see straight up, but it does get kind of narrow. Anyway, on the way back, actually on the way there, we saw this teeny baby rattler, and it was kind of during a narrow part of the canyon, and so we were able to literally scale the wall and go over this snake. On the way back, it was in a wider spot of the canyon, so they, so we couldn't get over the snake, and I literally was like, oh no, I'm going to die on this side of the trail because I can't get over that snake. Of course, the husbands are like, no big deal. This is a baby tiny snake. He's not coiled. He's not upset. And so they jump over it. Me and my sister are like, oh, no, we are not doing that. That is insanity. We have like fear coming out of our ears steaming. We're super scared. I am like imagining this anaconda and they're like, just jump over it. And I'm like, oh, I'm seeing that he's going to jump in the air and wrap himself around my entire body and like bite off my head. Like my fear is so real. It took forever for us to like get the courage to run and jump over this tiny baby rattler, which is literally my husband was like, it's a little bit bigger than a worm. I was like, no, he must be blind. He needs his glasses. I was terrified. Anyway, so I finally am like, okay, I can do this. I'm taking deep breaths. I'm like, I can do this. I'm not scared of the snake. And I go to start to run, to jump over the snake. And I'm so focused on the snake that I'm looking down at the snake. And I literally bounce off the walls of the canyon. I actually documented the whole thing on my Instagram. And I was like, had skid marks on my hips and my shoulders and all over the place. Because I was like ping-ponging through this canyon. Because I was so focused and so scared I had so much fear of this little tiny snake now how often do we let little tiny fears now this was a teeny teeny guy like it was little how often do we let little fears stop us from making progress which for me would have been getting out of the canyon and getting back to my family and doing something I love how often do we let these little fears stop us from doing that a lot of times fear is like that snake We might feel like it's massive and intrusive, like an anaconda, but it's actually just this little tiny snake that we just literally need to hop over. And it's not a big deal, but yet our minds play up this whole thing. Like me, I was imagining like, literally, I was imagining a Mortal Kombat snake jumping into the air and getting me, but that was just my mind. That wasn't the reality of the situation. That is the same thing with fear of failure. Oftentimes we just let that fear of failing just grow and grow and become this anaconda, which really it's just a tiny snake. Fear of failure happens in so many different ways. I've seen it and I felt it even myself with, you know, fear of failing like we're being a good mother, we're being a good wife, we're failing at a fitness plan, we're failing at maybe being a teacher or teaching a concept, we're failing at being a coach or even at work. It's super real. And trust me when I say, I am not immune to this feeling. I struggle with the fear of failure like anyone else. It is so crazy. For example, when I switched from doing coach, like training in person, personal training in person and went online, oh, that fear was so real. I thought, I'm going to have no clients. I'm going to go out of business. And I switched online and it actually ended up Okay. And then the fear when we decided to sell my husband's landscaping business, he owned a landscaping business and I owned an online personal training business. And we decided, I will tell this whole story in another podcast because it's really long and crazy. We decided to sell his landscaping business and have him work for me and do the bookkeeping and the accounting and some other stuff. And that fear of failing, feeling like, oh no, we're going to go under just my brand, just my business was terrifying. Like, I mean, I woke up in the middle of the night multiple times, like shot out of bed, like, oh my gosh, I'm going to go out of business. I'm going to make our family destitute. And it was scary. So I, I truly get the fear of failure. It, I don't think anyone's immune to it. I think if you have a soul in your body that you have feared failing at something before, and there's so many things depending on our goals and depending on what we're doing that we fear failing at, especially Like for me or for anyone else, if you mix fear with anxiety, it is like a volcano eruption and you got to simmer that thing down and it's really hard. So as I kind of talk about this today, this is all stuff that I've researched that I found helpful for me, that I find helpful when I've explained to clients, when I'm working with people. And I really do think that we can tame those fears, which is why I wanted to talk about this. So let's get into what actually causes the fear of failure. Like why is it even happening? Sometimes we can fear failure because possibly we had critical parents or that was demonstrated to us a lot as children. Also, sometimes that happens if we have a false sense of confidence. So normally people with true confidence, they know that they won't always succeed. But people who have a false sense of confidence, you know, where people almost just are overly confident or pretending for people, they would rather play it safe than avoiding the risk of looking bad or failing. Often it also comes from previous experiences. If you have failed in the past, often we identify ourselves as failures. Failure becomes at that point like an internal quality rather than just like an external event. And we make our identity the failure. And another main root of failing is perfectionism. I feel like this is a super common one, especially among women. We get so obsessed with the all or nothing mentality. It's actually my first episode is about the all or nothing mentality. I suggest you go back and listen to it. It's called Progress Over Perfection. And we get so entranced in this, in this perfectionism of doing everything perfect that we're so terrified of being humiliated and failing and stepping outside of our comfort zone that we never get too deep into something we want to do, or we never even start into something we want to do because we're so scared of failing. And if you think about it, majority of all these things I listed, whether you had critical parents, or you're, you know, avoiding risk because you don't want to look bad, or a previous experience where we're identifying as a failure, and people see us as a failure, we worry about that, or even perfectionism they all kind of feed into like fear of judgment and fear of either letting ourselves down or letting other people down. And let me just say, the fear of judgment or the fear of someone else judging us or even judging ourselves and allowing that to stop us from what we really want is so common, it's not even funny. I see it all the time that a lot of these issues, a lot of this fear is brought back to some sort of judgment. I'm going to give you two examples really quickly in my own life of where I allowed both of those things to affect me or not affect me. So when I started my Instagram account, it was almost eight years ago. And I was a personal trainer, and I wanted to build an online training program. And I am not kidding when I say people thought I was crazy. At the time, nobody had programs online, and nobody supported me. Like, literally nobody. Like, my family thought I was crazy. My friends thought I was crazy. I got comments all the time, like, what are you doing? Like... And I, it was hard for me. Okay, I take that back. Actually, my mom told me that I could do it, but my mom could also believe that I could like reinvent and toothpick <laughs> and make money on it. So I, my mom actually did believe me, but nobody really believed in me. And I, multiple times, almost stopped doing what I was doing and thinking of ways to build because I felt like, oh, they're going to think I'm a failure if I don't. Or maybe I am being irrational. Maybe this isn't something people need. But I had to stay true and stick to my guns That like, no, there is a gap of information for like the everyday mom who's like at home and like isn't seen on the cover magazine. Like where does she fit in? Because I identified with that woman. And so I didn't have a ton of support when I started um, building my online business. And I'm glad that I didn't give up and if I had, I would have been giving into the judgments of others. Now, another time I almost did give into the judgments of others as I was building, I was learning and I was trying to figure out, you know, how to best, you know, give information out and best to coach people online because I had been at home coaching clients, you know, in person. And it was probably six years ago. I started to focus too much on and worry too much about what I thought people wanted rather than what I knew I had to offer. I started to try to play into what I thought people wanted from me. And my post changed and I felt a lot of stress on Instagram. And I just felt like I lost myself in the process. And I remember I I was at a fitness conference and I was exhausted and I posted a snack that I was eating at the time at the conference. And I just said, hey, this is a snack I like to eat when I'm working out or I'm on the go. And I got a couple comments that were (laughs) so brutal. And they're like, I can't believe you'd eat this. I can't believe you'd promote this. It's not 100% clean. And they were just sharp. And I was tender at the time. I cared what people thought of me. And I just said, that's it. I'm done online. I want to build this business online, but this is just like, I want to help people, but I had lost my purpose. I was so focused on what people thought of me that I wasn't even doing what I wanted to do. And I was unhappy and I was like, I'm done. I'm done. And I got offline for a couple months and I wasn't on social media for a couple months and I went on a girl's trip and we went to California and I met up with a couple of my girlfriends and one of my girlfriends was there and her name is Shauna Bailey. Shauna Bailey, if you're listening, I love you. Shauna is the type of girl who literally beats to the sound of her own drum. She does not care what other people think of her. She will always do her, and she's respectful and kind, and she loves to listen to people, but she will do what she thinks is right, and I I respect that. I, I think it's a really cool quality. Her Instagram is a modern-day hippie, if that can tell you anything about her. She's fantastic. Anyway... I met up with her and she's like, I noticed you're not posting anymore. Why are you not posting? And I'm like, I can't do it. I, it just stresses me out. I feel like I'm um, losing myself. And I don't even honestly know what I said. I think I just complained. For like, <laughs> I think I complained for like 10 minutes straight about like how I was trying. And like it was hard when people responded. I don't even know what I said, but I complained. I complained, complained. And through everything I was complaining – she understood that I had lost myself in the process. And she said, "Um, I think what you're doing is wrong. I think you need to start posting and you need to be you and people who want to hear your message will come and stop caring about the other people. And it seems so simple. But for some reason, it was like a slap in the face like, oh my gosh, like I have a message to share. I want to help people in this gap, in this spot that I feel like isn't supported. And I'm looking around at people around me and no one else is doing this. So I'm trying to kind of cater because there weren't a ton of people, you know, focusing on postpartum or focusing on young moms at at the time. And I had kind of just lost myself. And I remember my very first post after that was I shared the Dr. Seuss quote and it, you know, the one that says, be who you are and say what you feel. Those who matter won't mind and those who do don't matter. And I never looked back I literally never looked back. It was a game changer for me. It was so simple to just like stop caring what other people do and stop caring what other people think. You do you. It was so simple but it literally opened the doors for me. And I never looked back. I never posted again and worried. I never cared what people thought. I, I shared what I felt in the bottom of my heart and I stopped caring. And I still sometimes get negative comments and I still get some crazy DMs and I, they just roll off my back now. I do not care because I'm like, I am who I am. And if I'm going to help people like me, they'll come to me. And if I'm not a fit for them, that's okay. And that was huge for me. So I'm going to sit here and tell you that I'm going to be that person for you. If you have a goal that you want and you have something you want, stop caring about other people. Stop worrying that you're going to let yourself down or you're going to let someone else down. You can do this. I don't have any doubt in my mind, but you've got to let go of that judgment, fear of others judging you and fear of even judging and failing yourself. I know you can do this. So what do we do? How do we overcome this? I'm going to share with you some things that I've researched that have helped me overcome my fear of failure and with my family and that I've seen work with clients, and hopefully you can get some really great ideas of how to overcome your fears of failure and really conquer them. The first thing that we need to do is we need to change your perception of yourself, your situation, and your goals. So let me break this down a little bit. Let's start with changing the perception of yourself. If you haven't read the book, Atomic Habits, you should. It's an amazing book. And it literally, I feel like every page, I'm highlighting the whole book. Like the whole thing's yellow because I've highlighted everything. There's so much good information in there. It gives an example in the book of a smoker, someone who's trying to quit smoking. When someone goes to offer the smoker a cigarette, he says, sorry, I'm trying to quit. Or she, he or she says, sorry, I'm trying to quit. If you offer someone else a cigarette and they say, sorry, I'm not a smoker, One of them is taking on the identity of a smoker who is trying to do something. And the other one is putting the full identity on themselves as saying, I am not a smoker. So a lot of times I think we look at things as an outsider, that we are trying to do something and we don't actually internalize it and allow it to be our new identity, something that we're working towards. So I can give you an example with fitness. All the time, I will get emails of clients who are starting with me and they will say, I hope this works. I'm going to try my best to do this. I'll even have them say, I'm really worried and scared about doing this, but I'm going to try so hard. Um, I want to try to be fit. I want to try to make changes. This is so hard for me to hear because instantly, I honestly want to write them back and say, you're not ready. You're not ready because I need you to take on the identity of someone who is healthy. And whether you are or aren't, if you're working towards it, that's okay. But I need you to take that on as someone who is already living a healthy lifestyle. You can't just dip your toe in and say, I'm going to try to do this and expect to succeed. If you were going swimming and you dipped your toe in the pool and said, I'm going to dip my toe in and try to see what the water feels like, and then I'll know what it's like swimming. No, you've got to... Get on your bathing suit and get in the water and go swimming. You cannot just dip your toe. And it is going to be the same for anything that you're working towards. Any goal, financially, with you know relationships, with fitness, anything. You can't dip your toe in the pool. You need to get your swimsuit on and you need to get in the water. And you don't say you're trying, you say you're doing. So changing the identity to I am this makes a difference. And that is empowering rather than feeling almost skeptical of your ability to try to do it. The next perception I want you to think about is the perception of your goals. And this was one that I learned just recently a year or two ago. And I thought, oh my gosh, that is amazing. And it's so true. So there are two kinds of goals that we can make. One of them is approaching goals. And one of them is avoidance goals. And what we are making is based on whether or not you are motivated by wanting to achieve a positive outcome or avoiding an adverse outcome. So here's an example. I am going to exercise three days a week because I don't want to get fat or I don't want to get any fatter. I am going to exercise three days a week because I want to get healthier. A lot of times we do things out of fear, out of avoiding things that we don't want. And that actually is creating an entire negative atmosphere around that goal. It's not positive. You're trying to avoid rather than creating positivity. Psychologists have found that creating approaching goals, goals that are positive and focus on like an improvement rather than an avoidance, that they are normally do better at maintaining it and have a better well-being. When you're dreading a tough task or expect it to be difficult or unpleasant, you are constantly like trying to reset your goals or avoiding even the goals because it doesn't seem like, you know, a positive, happy goal. You're trying to avoid something. And so then you start avoiding the goal, which is ironic. So I want you to set your goals around things that you want rather than things that you were trying to avoid. So if you have fear of failure and you're making goals, I just want you to be aware of this, that we need to reframe the goals to be positive. Like it can't just be about avoiding something negative that we're like, don't like already in our life. It needs to be about improving something in our life. So now that we've talked about perception and changing the perception of yourself, so you're taking on the identity of whatever you're trying to accomplish instead of, you know, looking at it from the outside, getting all the way in the pool, not dipping your toes in the water, but swimming also about your goals and making sure your goals are approaching goals that are positive. Let's talk about fear setting. I know you're like fear setting. I don't even know what that is. I actually stumbled across this you know, a little while ago, and it is amazing. It's like goal setting, but it's fear setting. And I know that sounds contradictive, but I swear it actually works. I'm going to link a TED Talks from Tim Ferriss where he explains what fear setting is and exactly how to do it, and he breaks it down really well. But I'm just going to overview it so you kind of understand how it works. You're going to basically make a checklist of your fears and how you can avoid them. And a lot of times with fears, the problem is that we are suffering so much from the imaginary, from what we think is going to happen. And actually, we aren't living in the reality of what's actually happening. And then we let the imagination, our visions, our fears take over. And we, we don't even get the ability to like enjoy the reality of what we're dreaming to do, what our goal is, because we fear the failure. So he explains that you're going to do a fear list. What you're going to do is you're going to write down whatever it is your goal is, what your desire is, whatever you're wanting to do. So let's say it's, I want to lose 15 pounds. I want to quit my job and start my own business. Whatever it is, you're going to write it down. Then you're going to write down all the fears you have about that item. What is making you scared to do whatever you're doing? Maybe you're worried people will judge you. You're worried you can't pay your bills. You're worried you won't be able to work out. Whatever your fears are, you're going to make two columns next to it. One column is going to be the prevention column. In the prevention column, you're going to write all the things that you can do before you even start working towards that goal to prevent that fear from happening which is such a cool idea because there's very simple things that you can do to prevent things from happening. Then the next column is going to be the repair column. If that thing does happen, like that fear, let's say that you know your fear is I won't be able to work out you know, three days a week. Well, how can you repair that? It's no big deal. Maybe you can just say, I'm going to go play with my kid at the park and that's going to repair it and I'm going to be able to do it again. Or maybe it's I will you know, hurt myself. I'm not strong enough that I will pull a muscle or something. That's okay too. You can, you know, heal and recover and then you can get better. So it's not like a life or death situation. So you want a prevention column and you want a repair column. The next page, you are going to put what are the benefits of success and the or the partial benefits of success if you actually do whatever your goal is, whatever you're fearful of, if you get it. What would be the benefits? I bet there's going to be a lot on there because if you have something on your mind that you would really like to do and you're letting fear stop you, but you keep thinking about it and thinking about it and thinking about it, imagine accomplishing that thing. What would be the benefits? How would you feel? What would be the outcome? And then lastly, I want you on the last page to add what would be the cost of inaction? If you do nothing, if you're so scared of the failure that you don't act, what will be the cost? How will you feel six months from now, six years from now, 16 years from now? What would be that cost? I think we always weigh failure and think about the failure and think about what if we can't do this? What if we can't do this? But I think we often forget to weigh the consequences of What if we don't do this? What will things be like if I don't take this leap? Will I, you know, be unhappy in the job I'm in for the rest of my life? I think it'd be worth taking that leap. I mean, when we sold my husband's business, you better believe I was scared. He was scared. We both were scared. We were like, what have we done? (laughs) It was terrifying. But we were struggling between, you know... I was working and he was working. And so, you know, I would do the kids and he'd come home and then I'd work at night and then we had no time together and we felt like our kids were suffering. So for us, the inaction was our kids aren't having both parents present. One of us is always gone working then the other one. And then we didn't have much time together. Our own relationship was actually really strained because I was always working or he was always working and we were taking turns. So for us, the cost of inaction of not saying, okay, we are going to go under one business umbrella. We are going to let go of one of our businesses would have been way worse than if we just took the leap and did it together. And, and I think sometimes with a lot of our actions that happens, I mean, that's, that could have led to a way worse problem of divorce, that inaction. But instead we said, we're going to combine, we're going to make this one business and we'll both work under one umbrella and focus on one thing and combine. And combine our powers. (laughs) But really, so I want you to think about that. Because I'm going to bet the cost of inaction is going to terrify you more than whatever your small fears are. Because when I've done this, you know, write-up of writing down my fears and looking at prevention and looking at the repairs and looking at success and looking at inaction, the inaction makes me so much more discouraged and... You know, I fear that inaction even more. So I think this, you know, the fear setting and the fear listing is amazing. I think it's an excellent exercise to work on if you're thinking about making a change, if you're wanting to do something new and you're, you know, have some fear of failure. The last thing I want you to focus on is redefining your success. You have to let perfectionism go. Go. Literally today, I got an email from a girl, and I'm going to break down this email and explain to you what she said, what she sees, and what I see. The email said, today was hard. I did okay until dinner, and then after, I didn't binge, but I had some things that maybe I shouldn't have. Sometimes I wonder if I should just give up on all of it and not worry because I fail every time I try. What she saw, you know, when we're talking about perception, she saw I didn't, you know, I ate dinner. I did okay for lunch and and lunch and dinner. But then, you know, after dinner, I had some things I shouldn't have eaten. I am a failure. What I saw is, you know, I did okay for lunch and dinner and then I didn't binge. Because this is someone who had some issues with under eating and overeating. I would mark that as a win. I don't care that she had other things that maybe weren't perfect. Because nobody can do anything perfect. Like we have this idea and part of it's because I think we love to improve, but we have this idea that we can do things perfect, but you can't, nobody can. I don't do things perfect. I eat things that I shouldn't sometimes. And that's honestly normal but you can't let that outweigh what she did do. So I saw the positive in that moment. And I wrote her back and I was like, you didn't binge. That's a win. You have some issues with under eating and overeating, but like you were pretty mellow in the middle. So you weren't perfect. Who cares? You're still headed in the right direction. You're doing a great job still. But she saw that as I failed because I wasn't perfect. And that failure that that idea of perfection would eat her up and she would easily quit within a couple days because she's not seeing the perception is off she's not seeing what she is doing so with all of my clients i always push i don't care if they write me and they do seven things wrong and three things right i will push the three things they did right because if we push the things we are doing right over and over and over again We will start feeling like we're making progress and we'll do more things right and more things right. And we won't worry about when we make mistakes or missteps because that's all part of the journey. You will never eat perfectly. You will never exercise perfectly consistently every single day. You will miss days. You will have treats. You will sleep in. You will grab an extra cookie. You will do all kinds of things, but that doesn't mean that you're going to fail unless you tell yourself you're going to fail. Honestly, if my clients could just stick with their efforts, and this includes you, if you could just stick with the effort, you would see changes. If you could just focus on the three steps forward you took instead of the one step back, you would see changes. Because remember, do the math. Three steps forward, one step back. You're still moving forward. We just have to stop focusing on being 100% perfect. It's literally not possible. Honestly, we just can't fix every single little thing we do, but we can take steps in the right direction. I think this is also why we are also obsessed with home improvement shows. Like, who doesn't love a good house makeover? You're like, "Wow, that house was terrible and now look at it, it's beautiful." And I think we get doing that in our own lives and it's it's cool to watch improvements. It makes you feel good. I love watching, you know, as I add things to my house and I like I see you know, some character and I build into it. And that's fun. And it's a good, wholesome thing. But I think we can get obsessed with fixing and fixing and fixing that we aren't already seeing the beauty that's already there and the things that we love that we already improved on. We're just missing that because we're so busy on fixing and changing and fixing and being perfect. I mean, you could paint your house and the walls could look amazing. But then you could be annoyed that like, You have a countertop that you don't like and you're missing the beauty of what is great in the house because you're over-focusing on that small countertop when like you just painted your whole house in a beautiful color and it looks amazing. And any compliment you could get on that, you could ignore it because you're like, yeah, but look at that one counter, which literally doesn't make sense, but we do it all the time to ourselves. You might be doing three or four things, right? Headed towards your fitness goal or your financial goal or a relationship goal, but yet you're honing in on that one counter that has like one cabinet. It's like the bathroom counter. You know, that's not a big deal that you're missing the paint all around you on everything that you are doing right, on everything that does look beautiful already. So I want you to focus on, you know, just the beauty that's already there, what you are doing right and get off what you aren't doing right. You have to redefine your success. I saw a quote one time that said, you know, if we focus on, you know, Winning a dance competition or things that are always external, we're losing the point. What it should be is we should be focusing on that we mastered a very technical routine, which if you think about it, that is the beauty in that like, wow, look, I just improved my dance skills. I just did all this. If I didn't win, I still, I'm still 10 steps ahead of where I was before I learned this routine and way better to compete down the road. So I think we just lose those steps in the process. And then we internalize those, and then we look at our past experiences, and we're like, I'm a failure. But again, it's a failure leads you to learning. What success is, the middle of success is failure. From beginning to success, there's a lot of failure in the middle. One of the photos I love, it shows success, and it shows a straight line, and then it shows what success actually looks like, and it's like swirly-twirly all over the place in all different directions, because the middle of success is messy. You just can't give up during the middle. You have to stand back up and you have to keep trying. And you can't let fear of failing in the past, if you failed at something in the past, you can't let that stop you from making a decision to move forward now. Walt Disney was fired from a newspaper because they told him he lacked creativity. Walt Disney, (laughs) literally, he is a mastermind. And think of our kids. He was told he didn't have enough creativity. So you have got to stop. And he could have literally said, oh, I'm a failure. I don't have creativity. You know, took someone else's judgment, like we talked about, and then took it as his identity. I'm not creative. And then feared moving forward and building, you know, this beautiful thing that all of our children take part of with so many great movies. So you can't focus there. I want you to focus on the learning in the process. What did you learn? You are never, you know, if we're redefining success... You are never failing. You are always learning through the process of, you know, reaching your goals. And something else to think about as we're learning is making a plan to learn with. Obviously, plans aren't perfect. And I know that there are a hundred billion, gazillion quotes that, you know, tell us about if you plan, you know, if you fail to plan, then you plan for failure and so many things like that. And while they are true and it is 100% correct, we are still learning through that process. It doesn't mean we're failures. It means that we just need a better plan. We need to do things a little bit different. It talks about that a lot in the Atomic Habits book as well. But if we focus so much on the outcome and we don't focus on the process, we're not going to get To the future. So while our plan may not be perfect, while we might make mistakes, I want you to change your perception of yourself, of the situation. I want you to write your fear list. And I want you to really think about what will your life be like if you don't take any steps at all? What is the cost of your inaction? And I bet that is going to catapult you out of that fear of failure and to move on. And when you make mistakes, remember, it's messy in the middle. I have never had a client just like fully be perfect with their numbers, perfect with their exercises, perfect with everything. Everyone has birthdays. Everyone has things come up. Everyone gets sick. Everyone does all these things. Everyone makes mistakes. That is normal. That is completely normal. So you have to change your perception. You have to let go of that perfection. Because all we ever see is the before photo and the after photo, but there's a lot going on in the middle. So let go of that fear of failure, whatever it is. Make your fear list and start focusing on the positive, on the succeeding, and change the way you're viewing when you do make mistakes. Focus on the positive. I really think that email example that I give where, you know, what she saw and what I saw is huge. And if you are starting to feel that way, I want you to write it down. I mean, we talked about writing down your fear list. Write down what you're discouraged, you know, everything that happened and pick out the parts that you did well. And take pride in the parts that you did well and let the parts you did well grow and focus on the learning and the fear will decrease more and more and more. Fear of failure is real. It's hard. I've experienced it. I know you've experienced it. But we can't let it stop us from actually becoming who we are and bettering ourselves. And we can't let missteps along the way control our ability to continue towards those goals because I never want to look back and look at the cost of my inaction and regret it. And I bet you don't either. So I hope this podcast was helpful. If you feel like it was, I love when you share it on Instagram and tag me. I love when I see the tags. I, I literally scroll my DMs and look for them because I love to see them and I love to hear your thoughts. And if you are new to the podcast, go up and subscribe. I love to hear your thoughts, and I love to get reviews as well. So that's really it for this week. I know you guys can do it. Don't let that big snake scare you, okay? It's not an anaconda. It's just a little baby snake you got to jump over. You got this.